Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. And I'm going to give you an assignment as well, all you kids. Today, I'm going to talk about the church, and I'm going to say the word church a lot of times. So if you would like a challenge today, you can keep a tally of every time I say the word church. You can write a number, and then afterwards, come and tell me how many times I said the word church. It's going to be a lot. So if you want to keep your ears really focused, you can keep a tally. Grown-ups, you can do this too. Just you have to listen to me. Okay, so... I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Whose idea was it to preach on the day through Christmas party? I don't, I don't know who did that. I don't know who scheduled that. It was me, if you're not catching the joke. Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. God, I thank you, Father, that you have anointed me, you've graced me for this day. God, I just say, help me, Jesus. And God, I thank you for every person here, that they have ears to hear, they have eyes to see, their hearts to understand what it is that you're saying. God, your words are what are most important. They're the power, paramount focus of this day. God, not what I have to say, but what you have to say. So God, we just open our hearts to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Say amen. All right. Well, starting out, I am going to give you a little bit uh, of an oral history of me and the church. So, when I was a young warthog, <laughs> thought I'd get kids laughs, but Isaac's like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so, um, since a lot of us are new faces to one another, we've been in a growing, expanding church, and so I know some of you don't even know each other. So um, some of you don't know me. Some of you don't. You haven't been here as long as Loretta, and she remembers the day that my parents walked me in here in a little pink bonnet at 18 months old, and the rest is history. Yeah. So um, so today I want to tell you just a tiny bit of that story. I'm going to talk fast because. Um, Attention spans are awesome. So um, my family and my parents are here today. You guys can, yeah. (laughs) These are the people that walked me through those doors in the little pink bonnet at 18 months old. So uh, we, my family, I have four sisters and those are my parents over there. We're church people. We were always church people my whole life. I don't remember not being a church person. So if the doors were open, we were here. And I was trying to like do the math. And I think I can safely say at this point that other than the Hiltons, I have been in this building probably more than any other life. Now I work here, so I have a, a head up. But we were here Sunday mornings. And if some of you think Sunday mornings is a lot to commit to coming to church every Sunday morning, we were here Sunday mornings. For a time, we were here Sunday nights. For a time, we were here Wednesday nights. And my dad, my parents were on the worship team. So we were here Monday nights for band practice. So when I say we were church people, we were church people. We were here. We were in the church. It's important. It's what we did. And so now when I was born, my parents went to a different church. um, And my, my mom, she's here. You can correct me. She had a dream. The Lord said, go to Giving Light and be blessed. They came to Giving Light. And I'm here because of that yes, because they said yes to that dream. So when I was 18 months old, came in, um, and I've been here ever since. I fell in love with Jesus in the church. I um, didn't just learn to love a building, didn't just learn to love tradition. I fell in love with Jesus in the church. And so it has a special place in my heart. I am a church person. Say, she's a church person. I know, I'm saying church a lot. We'll see how many tallies these kids are keeping. So... I love the church, um, but I also suffered some of my greatest pain in the church. They want, want. Because guess what churches are made up of? People. Guess who's not perfect? People. And so I also experienced a lot of hard things in the church. Some of my earliest memories at four and five and six years old were church splits. Say, want, want. So some of those experiences and memories I had were not the best things in my whole life. Because guess what? Churches are made of people and people are not perfect. Um, And so 
even in that process of going through different transitions and changes and people coming in and out, I still kept a love for the church. Say, thank you, Jesus. All right, because guess what? If you're looking for a perfect church, I will tell you right now, you're not going to find it. If, there was, if the church was perfect, Jesus would have come back already. So you're not going to find a perfect church because they're all made of people and people are not perfect. But thank God he kept my heart pure and soft towards the church, even through the hard things. So I'll tell you today, whatever your experience has been in the church, if you have been hurt, I am deeply sorry. Uh, it's not the way it's supposed to be. But I will say churches are made up of people and people are not perfect. We're all doing the best that we can. And so if that has been your experience, I am empathize with you. I understand. Um, But I will tell you, there's so much benefit that comes from the church. And I'm going to talk about some of those things today. So um, going on in my my story, I'm going fast, but over a decade ago, we experienced as a church, we experienced um, a painful transition where someone um, left suddenly and there was a betrayal and my heart was broken again. And at this point, I'm not a little girl, I'm a grown woman, and I'm feeling the experience of betrayal and the pain that that came with that. And I remember saying to the Lord in a heartbroken state, I rem- you can pull that down if you... You can pull my, uh, my message up there. Um, I remember saying to the Lord in a heartbroken state, God, if this is ministry, if it's this pain of giving your life to something, and then they just walk away. I said, God, if this is it, I don't want it. And I remember distinctly, and I'll try not to cry, I remember distinctly when I said that to the Lord, he met me in that moment, and his heart for the church like broke open over me. And I fell deeper in love with the church than I already was because I recognized his heart for the church, that this isn't just a tradition. This wasn't something I was raised, brought up in coming to church whenever the doors were open. No, this was actually his idea. It was actually God's idea to have a bunch of imperfect people gather together and worship in his name. It was his idea. And so in the midst of that heartbreak, um, the Lord, it's like his heart broke open over me, and I fell deeper in love with the church than I ever had been before. So say thank you, Jesus. All right. And about two years after that, I got a prophetic word um, from a prophet that I trust very much, that I love very much. And she kind of spoke this prophetic word. I never had plans to go into ministry. I thought I'd be in business. I have a business mind. And so I thought that that would be my path. I got a prophetic word. And the Lord said that, um, that there was a desire in my heart to be in ministry. And when she said that, it was like it exploded inside of me. I knew what my whole life was about. And so ever since then, I've been on staff here, which is about nine years. So Say, thank you, Jesus. So all of that to lead up and say that the church is part of my DNA. From the tradition of coming to church, because that's what you do when you're church people, you come to church, to um, the Lord speaking directly to my heart and showing me his heart for the church, to a prophetic word that said, I've called you to be uh, in ministry in a church setting. It's just been an awesome, awesome journey. And so... Um, with that, and I've kind of already alluded to it, but the church can look lots of different ways. So when I'm talking about the church today, some of you may be thinking of your past experiences in the church or whatever um, ideas that you have of the church. The church can look like lots of different things. Um, But the bottom line of what I'm saying today is that if you are teaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you believe he's the only way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father, guess what? We're one big happy family. We can take the happy out sometimes, but we're one big family. Good, bad, and ugly, right? So that's what I'm talking about when I say the church. There's lots of different flavors, colors, shapes, sizes. Not one is better than the other. And in this house, we love local churches. So our, um, our other local churches, we're not in competition or in comparison with any of them. Every single one of them, if, they, if Jesus is king, guess what? There are brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's what we believe here. So... Today I want to talk just quick about what the purpose of the church is because it's God's idea. Say the church was God's idea. Are you keeping up? I'm talking fast. All right. So you're not really keeping up? All right. Well, we'll... Okay, that's okay. You keep counting. I'll keep saying church. Church, 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 church. All right. Okay. So I want to talk about what the church is and why it's important, because if we don't know what it is and why it's important, we won't value it. You won't want to show up on Sunday because you, you don't have a value for it. So all of you are here, so I already know I'm speaking to, to some extent, church people. So awesome, good job. Um, and, but we have statistics 
worldwide um, showing a trend of people that come to church. It goes like this. It's like down a sliding board. It's like this. And there's lots of reasons for that that I'm not going to get into today because it's sad and I don't want to talk about it. I won't take up the time. But that's been the trend like this. So if you don't have a value for the church, you don't know why it's important, you kind of join this trend, why it's not important. You stop showing up. It's, it's not adding value to your life. You're not valuing it. So I want to remind us today again that the church is God's idea and why it's still important to, uh, to him and why it should be important to us. So Last week, Kevin Ikeda um, was here, and he loves to teach about the church, and the original Greek word for the church, does anybody know what it is? The ekklesia. Um, so it's the ekklesia is the word in Greek um, that is translated most often to church. Now, that word, the Greek definition of that word is a called out assembly, So that can take form in two main ways. So the first way is the global capital C church, the one that we're all brothers and sisters in Jesus. Whether you're in this building, the building down the street, the building in another town, if Jesus is king, we're all that big capital C church. We are all called out from the ways of the world and into his ways. We're following him. It's one Jesus. So that's the big C, capital C um, church. It's all of us. Uh, And in Matthew 16, starting in verse 13, if you've got our notes app open, you should be seeing the scripture there. If not, it'll be up on the screen. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And so they said, some say they're John the Baptist, and some say Elijah, and some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And in verse 17, he says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that Peter, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay, the main point is, lots of people thought that Jesus was lots of things, but Peter had the revelation that he is Jesus. He is the son of the living God, and that's what makes us one big happy family in the church, that big C church. We're all under Jesus. He's the head, and we're the body. Say, he's the head, and we're the body. That's why the believer in Honduras, and the believer in China, and the believer in Australia, and the believer in South Africa, and all the nations of the world, that's why they're our brothers and sisters, because he is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right, on to number two. That's the big expression of the church. The other expression of the church is the local assembly. So all through the New Testament, we see how people were called out of their homes and they started to gather locally with other believers. So it's the local church. And if you actually look at the books of the New Testament, you know those big words like Ephesians and Corinthians and Galatians and Philippians. Those were groups of people. Those were local assemblies of people that were coming together to gather in with one another in the name of Jesus. And so... If you read through those letters, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. I think it's fascinating. If you look at the letter of the Corinthians, Paul is writing a letter to the, a group of people in Corinth. They were the Corinthians. These people were the most hot mess church you would have ever experienced. They're coming. They're, they're, they're newly converted. They're Greeks. They were not raised in the church. They were not church people. And they're a mess because they believed in many gods. They worshipped everything under the sun, including the sun. They, I won't get into all the things that they were okay with doing. But they, it were, they were a party culture. They were a mess. And now they're converted and they're in that big C church and they're following Jesus. But they're, they're used to what they're used to. And so if you read the letter of Corinthians, Paul is bringing a lot of order and instruction to this church because they were a mess. If you were not raised in church and you have a past, you get it. Because one day you wake up and you're like, yeah, I follow Jesus, but what about all these other things that I did before? So this is Paul. He's writing to this group of people saying, okay, guys, this is what it means to follow Jesus. 
So he's bringing a lot of order and a lot of structure. Now, if you turn the book, if you turn the Bible to Galatians, this is another group of Christians. Now, these people were a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, they're church people. They were raised in the church, but they're Jewish. And so they're used to structure and order and the way that you are a good Christian or the way that you are a, a good follower of God is to follow every rule. These were rule people. And so in the book of Galatians, Paul is coming and he's saying, all right, you got to get this in your head that when you follow Jesus, it's not all about keeping the rules to get you saved. That's, it's, it's Jesus. He already paid the price. You don't have to follow every single rule. The righteousness is not earned by your works. It's earned by him. You find that through him. So can you see these drastically different letters of different churches. These are different local assemblies that Paul is speaking to, and it's very different. So every church has a different group of people. Every church has a different flavor. We're speaking to different people. They all look different because they're local. We're not all the same. I don't, if, um, let's see. If I, okay, she won't care if I say this. If I, so I uh, was a roommate with a Puerto Rican for a lot of years, and I learned that Puerto Rican family gatherings look a whole lot different from white German family gatherings. <laughs> I just learned it. I learned I needed to prepare myself in a different way for a different group of people that I did not grow up with. And so that's kind of, like if you walk into another local church, you're going to get a different flavor. But that doesn't make it bad, it just makes it different, Right? So all of this to say is we celebrate the idea of the local assembly and coming together and what all of those things look like. Thank you. Okay. So there are drastically different letters through the Bible. And you see that like this was Jesus, like this is a pretty good chunk of the Bible. This is important because the gathering has always been God's idea. Believers gathering together in Jesus' name locally. All right. So say it was his idea. So anything that was God's idea is for our benefit. And that's something you kind of have to grow in trust. The more you know God, the more you know that he's for you. So everything that was God's idea is for our benefit. So there are rich benefits of gathering that you won't get without the gathering. So now we live in an information age where we can get sermons all day long from all over the world instantly. And that's good. I'm so grateful for that. That's something they did not have back. Well, I mean, I didn't have the internet in school, so it's a recent discovery, and I'm grateful for it. But there are still benefits that you won't get from watching sermons at home from around the world. There are benefits that you will miss when we're not coming together in that local assembly, in the gathering. We love those things. But what I'm saying is the gathering was always God's idea. And if it was his idea, it was always for our good. So there are benefits that we derive from that local assembling. So I do want to throw out this um, just disclaimer or whatever. If you cannot, I'm, I want no condemnation. If you are sick, if you are, do not feel comfortable, we, we are in the times of a global pandemic. If you are a single parent, if you don't have transportation, I, no condemnation for the people who join us online. Awesome. We love you out there. Um, but what I am saying is when you are able, there is so much benefit that can come from the gathering together. And that's what I'm highlighting today. Um, so let's go to Matthew 18. This is verses 19 and 20. It says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together and you say gathered together. In my name, I am there in the midst of them. So say, God likes it when we gather. All right, I'll go really fast through this, but this is actually in context of local church, this scripture. Can you throw that one back up there? Thank you. So in this passage, just before these verses, Paul's actually talking about a local church situation. And he says, if your brother offends you, um, then go to your brother and do everything that you can to make it right with your brother. And he says, and if, if it's not working out, bring in a friend, bring in somebody else, um, because the goal of the church is also always reconciliation. 
And so he says, okay, if it's not working out, then take it to the church. So it's a local church passage is the point. This is a local church passage. Immediately after that local church passage, that issue, there's no page break. It's right there. Then it goes into this. It says, if uh, I'll face the camera. It says, if, no, I won't. Again, I say to you that if you, two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together. This is talking about local church. So sometimes we take this scripture and we say, well, if two believers are anywhere in the world, then there he is in the midst of them. I'm not saying that that's wrong because he's omnipotent. He is everywhere. But in the context of this verse, it's a local church passage. So he's saying, I love it when you gather. I'm right there with you. Get together. Gather together. I'm there with you. Whatever you ask, I'm there with you. Excuse me. So this is important context because God loves it when we gather. Whatever was God's idea, it's for us. It's for our good. One moment. All right, are you with me? Okay. Now, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that even the deepest of introverts get lonely sometimes. I'm an introvert. I love being by myself. I live alone, and I love it. Bless my future husband. I will love him, too. But he's going to mess up my introverted world. So I get it. But there is great benefit that comes when we are together, when we gather together. So one of those benefits is that God puts lonely, the lonely in families. I love it about him. If you read through the, the word, he always puts the lonely in families because it was his idea, the gathering together. Family was always his idea. He wants that for you, even if you're an introvert. So no matter what your family of origin looks like, no matter how messy it is, no matter if the holidays are not a fun time for you because of family, whatever your story is, it's always God's heart to put lonely in families. And he does that a lot of the time through a local church setting. So another benefit is that we were created for community. This summer, um, I got to visit the Redwood Forest in California and I'm going somewhere with this. Can you pop that picture up there? Yeah. So these are the redwoods. If you've not seen them, you could sit all day long, right? Shimon was with me. You could sit all day long and just marvel at them. They're, it's magnificent. So they are, they grow, let's see, the, the current known tallest tree is 380 feet tall. That's over 70 of me stacked on top. So you can see how tiny I look in the context of these trees. Um, and I brought some, some pieces of these trees. Shh, don't tell nature. I know. They were already fallen. I did not pull them off of a tree. They were on the ground. But kids, Maxwell, Jackson, you want to help me pass these out? You guys can just pass these around. Maybe Maxwell, you go over there. Just, just let somebody take it, and then they'll just keep passing it down. All right. So you can feel this, how light this is. I expected that this wood with these massive trees was going to be like a real dense, heavy wood. But as you get to feel it, you will feel it's like so lightweight. It's super lightweight. Like it amazed me. Like these giant pieces of wood weighed hardly anything. And this is the story with these redwoods. You think like they're incredible, right? But one thing that's amazing about them is we stopped at a, a park office and we were asking a ranger about, um, about these trees. And she said, when you have redwoods on your property, it increases the property value because they're amazing, right? But you never want to have just one. That's what she told us. She said she has a friend who bought a house. They only have one redwood on the property. And that person is afraid every day that the wind is going to knock that tree down. And it's going to fall and crush the house. So as amazing as these are, they, she was saying, you never want to have just one because this is why, this is the point, is that as massive as these trees are, their roots are very, very shallow. They don't dig deep roots, they dig wide roots. And so the way that these, these they call them uh, where we were, the avenue of giants, the way that they stay up is, do you see how many of them there are? 
they actually intertwine their roots with one another and they need community in order to stand. Their roots are tied together and they actually derive nourishment and support from one another. So you never want just one, that lone ranger, because it's at risk of falling all the time because they're very lightweight, do you feel it? It's very lightweight wood. So they actually need community to grow. Now isn't that pretty cool? Doesn't that prove my point? We were created for community. It's the way we're made as believers. He loves the gathering. He loves it when we get together. It was his idea, and his ideas are for our benefit. So if you look at the first church, the early church in Acts 2, the heading for this section says, the believers form a community. And it's Acts 2, 42 through 47. It says, all the believers devoted themselves. So give you context, this is after Jesus died on the cross. He went to heaven to be with the Father again. And all the believers are now here. And guess what? People are trying to kill him. It's not safe to be a Christian. So they form a community. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. Say, hallelujah. (laughs) And to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared the money and everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, which is communion. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This is the very first church. They were gathered together in one place, and they're sharing everything. This is is the local assembly in its very beginnings. So that the church was meant to be that intertwining root system of support and nourishment and growth for one another. Now, again, we live in a very independent culture, and I am the first to tell you I am the queen of independence. I love independence, right, Mom? She'll tell you lots of stories. She learned young my independence. But as the church, we weren't supposed to be. We weren't designed to be that way. Now, guess what? Sometimes it... It goes against our comfort zone. It goes against my comfort zone. Now, not being with you guys. I love you guys, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, of course. But sometimes it goes against our comfort zone to gather together. Because especially, guess what? Because people are imperfect. It can get a little messy. It can be vulnerable to connect with each other. But if it was his idea, you have to trust that it's actually going to benefit you more than it's going to cost you. So Romans 1 Verses 11 and 12, this is the Passion Translation. This is Paul talking. Um, He's writing a letter to the Romans. He's not with them. He says, I yearn to come and be face to face with you and get to know you. So Paul's like, I want to be with you. He says, for I long to impart to you some spiritual gift that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. And then it says, now, this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. He says, we can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. Isn't that awesome? The rich benefits that come with believers gathering together in a local assembly. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. I love it. I love this translation. It says, when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. All right, so it's of great benefit that we gather together. Something wonderful will be released. So, so one of the purposes of church, local church, is family. Another church is community. Another, um, another purpose of the church is for our maturity. The Bible talks a lot about going from the milk of the word to the meat of the word. Jackson, if you could only drink milk and never eat any food, would you be happy about that? No, me either. In fact, a story of my independence, my parents, I drank from a bottle a little later than most babies do, and they took the bottle away from me, and I said, okay, I protest, and I have not drank milk ever since. (laughs) So if you don't believe that I was independent, I'm with you, Maxwell. Okay, but the Bible talks a lot about us going from milk to meat, so I'm biblical in this. 
<laughs> with a little attitude, yeah. All right. But this is a highlight. We're supposed to be growing and maturing, and this comes in context of church. We're like we're supposed to come together to be challenged to learn and grow in the things of God. Now, this is something that should happen outside of the church because if you only ate one meal a week, I would be worried for you. So you want to be eating all the time. But part of the purpose of the church is for us to come and eat together and grow together. So um, now I love over and over again. Kids, are you ready for a pop quiz? It's coming. Kids, are, pop quiz is coming. Woo. All right. Over and over again, God highlights that the most important things to him are that we love God and love people. Now, you cannot love people without the people. He says, love God, love people. And sometimes, especially myself, introverted, independent people, we want to not deal with the people part. But it's important to him. He says, love God, love people. Now, kids, is love always easy? The answer is no. All right, all right. Love is not always easy. Now, can any of you yell out one of the attributes of love really fast? Love is incredibly patient. Is it easy to be incredibly patient? No. Do you guys know any? Love refuses to be jealous, but celebrates others instead. Love does not brag. Love is not selfish. Aren't you guys so proud? So, do you know any? Yeah, Lauren got us covered on that one. Love is not jealous, but celebrates others instead. Love does not keep the score of wrongs. All right, so thank you guys. So love is hard sometimes. But he, and he says, love God, love people. Loving people is hard. But it's, it's the way he set it up. I didn't make the rules. It's the way he set it up. And Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. That means we need each other. The gathering is actually important to our maturity process. We grow a lot more when we're like kind of working out each other's kinks. On to left to ourselves, we can grow, but we're going to grow all the more when we are gathered together and we are sharpening each other. It's not always comfortable, but it's good for us. All right, less amens on that one. Now, okay, so the church is for the sound teaching of the word. It's for our maturity. The church is also made to be an interconnected body where everybody has a part. Say, everybody has a part. All right. So in Ephesians 4, Paul is talking about leadership functions that God gave for the maturity of the church. So he's saying, I gave apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists for the equipping of the church. And then he goes on and he says in verse 14, he says, then we will no longer be immature like children. Sorry, kids, you're all growing and awesome. But we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. This is context of local church. Growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit perfectly together as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So say, I have a part. All right. So if you didn't know, every single one of you in this room has an important part to play. It's awesome. So... Because the church is God's idea and the church will benefit you in tremendous ways, that's awesome, right? But we also have a part to play in the, being the benefit of the church. You are actually what part of the benefits that he has given to the church. You are. And I was listening to a podcast from Chris Valentin, and he was telling a story about his son Jason when his son was in youth group about teenage years. And Jason came to Chris and he said, Dad, I don't really want to, I don't want to go to youth group anymore. Okay, I've heard that story before. So Chris looks at him, he said, Jason said, he looks me in the eyes and he says, it sounds like you're going for yourself. 
And he says, going to church for yourself is the lowest level of living for a Christian. And Chris, he said to his son, he said, you have something to give. People need you. So the church will benefit you because it's God's idea and God's ideas are for your good. But even more so, you were created, thanks. You were created to be a benefit to the church. You are the benefit. Say, I'm the benefit. All right, love doesn't brag, but this is good. This is good bragging. Okay. You are the benefit. You have something to give. So can you look at someone around in this room and say, you're the benefit. Does it make you feel good? You're the benefit. Now, every person's part is going to look different. You don't have to look like the, per- the person next to you. We're all the benefit. And in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about how we all have different gifts. And I love that the, church u- or that the Bible uses um, body language. He talks about your body. You, how many bodies do you have, Jackson? Just the one. One body. But how many parts are in the body? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but lots, right? Okay, there's a lot of parts in our one body. Well, it's the same with the church. We're one body, but we have lots of parts. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, if, if it's, okay, so I'm, I didn't write the scripture. So it's saying, the ear is saying, well, I'm not an eye, so I'm not a part of the body. And it says, oh, I'm not a foot, so I'm not like the hand, I'm not a part of the body. They're kind of like devaluing themselves. And well, I'm not like so-and-so, so I'm not valuable. And then in verse 18, it says, but our bodies have many parts and God put each part just where he wants it. How strange would a body be if it only had one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some, of, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least impart, important are actually the most necessary. Say, I'm the benefit. Every single one of us has a part, and that part is important. So as I wrap up today, say hallelujah. We're not going to eat just yet, that, so, so don't get too excited. <laughs> to wrap up today, I want to tell you that you have a part and that your part is important. And I can't do your part, and you can't do my part. We all need each other to work the way this was supposed to work as a healthy body. So this year, as we go into 2022, uh, what we want to start seeing even more, and we are already so good at this, but we want to start seeing even more how each one of us is the benefit to each other. Every single person here, if you're part of Giving Light or if you're part of another local assembly, you have an important part to play. And so we want to start getting with you guys and seeing, all right, what, is, what excites you? What are you passionate about? What are you good at? And seeing how we can bring that in because you're the benefit. I'm the benefit and you're the benefit. We all benefit one another. We all have something unique to bring to the table. And you can't say, well, I'm not an ear and therefore I don't have a place. Because the Bible actually says, well, if there were no ears, where would be the hearing? We all need each other, right? And so every single one of us is a benefit to the local assembly. And it might cost you in that you have to you know, show up on time or do something you don't love to do every single time, but you have to trust that it is a benefit. It's a benefit to you and it's a benefit to others. So we're going to start getting with each other. I am going to ask for your grace because guess there's one of me. There's a whole lot of you. So I'm going to ask for grace as we kind of get together with the ones in the, the local assembly of Giving Light and see, okay, how can we bring what you have to the table? Because you're such a benefit to this house. Every single one of you are. And now I will say you don't have to wait for me or us to come to you. If you already are like, I'm awesome. I'm great at this. Come tell me. It can go both ways. So, all right. And our motto is going to be, Two two mottos. One of them is, in this family, we all have something to give. Oh, great. Awesome. We didn't even, I didn't even say to repeat it. But Say, in this family, family. we all have something to give. give. This one's the kicker. Say, in this family, family. we all help with the work. work. (laughs) So that's kind of the motto. You know, if, if,
If you're in your household and you never lift a finger, I guarantee you, you're not the most liked person in that household. Now, I'm not saying if you come to church and you, cannot, you don't have the capacity to serve, we love you anyway. But the point is that in this family, we all have something to give. We all contribute because we're the benefit. You're the benefit. So I also have in here just to brag on you that we have the most amazing church. This morning, this is the first event I've ever had to bring in a generator to power the crock pots. And the generator couldn't even handle it. So... Larry and Laura, they're being awesome. As I'm out here worshiping, they're figuring out which outlets we can plug crockpots in so we don't pop the breakers. And then we're singing about, like, start a fire, and I'm thinking, but not electrical. Like, <laughs> this is my brain today. So I'm so very grateful for every single one of you who already do so much. Whether you're just coming and you're just mingling with each other, you're the benefit to the people that you're mingling with. It's important. It's family. It's community. It's church, and that's God's design. Church was God's idea. So, all right, do you get it? Okay. All right, well, before we get into um, lunchtime, I do want to honor and recognize some of the people in this room who are already um, serving in a greater capacity. Um, I want to acknowledge our leaders. Um, so, uh, again, as I said at the top, we don't all know each other. Like, we're still, we're learning some new faces here. That corner, I think I got your names down finally, except we have a new face, so I have to learn. But um, don't test me right now, though. So we're learning each other. So I want to recognize our leaders before you today. And so um, as I do that, leaders, if I want to say your name, if you guys could just stand so everybody can see you, um, kind of do a, a twirl. We can spin so everybody can see you. Loretta's like, I don't want to twirl. So, but I, this is important. You guys need to know who our leaders are um, so that you know kind of who is taking that leadership position, um, who you can go to with questions or, or just recognizing this awesome team that we have. And so firstly, our elders are Loretta Core, Tracy Tressler, Debbie Hershey, And Ruben Stoltzfus, who's not here today because they are having their family Thanksgiving. So, yeah, so you guys can have a seat. Hopefully everybody saw who that was. Now, our elders are non-governing, but we pull them in in special circumstances, uh, which we have had this year. We had. And so these are trusted people that we love dearly that uh, we know that we can go to. They kind of come in and help um, when we need extra help, and they're they're here every like you, you guys are rock stars. We love you guys so much. Just value your hearts um, and your your service to this family, to this local assembly. Yeah. So, um, all right, our children's ministry leaders. Um, I, I just want to say before I say the leaders, um, but Giving Light, correct me if I'm wrong. Giving Light started as a children's Bible study over 38 years ago. Correct. Yeah, so it started with the kids. So ki kids say, I'm important. Say, I'm important. That's right. You're important. It all started with you. It all started with kids. And so over 38 years ago, Giving Light started as a Giving Light Bible study. They've always been important to us. We don't babysit in our classrooms. We teach and we equip and we empower and we tell them who they are in God because that's important and they're important. So kids are very important in this house. And the story has it. I wasn't around yet, but the story has it that um, we needed somebody to take on children's ministry, and Dr. Melody went to Debbie uh, Kuppenheffer at the time and said, would you take this for six months, or would you take this temporarily? Some of you already know the joke. Would you serve in the children's ministry? And she's committed to six months, which kudos to you. Six months is a block of time. So she committed for six months, and it has been... 32 years. <laughs> Debbie, could you stand? Yeah. She's still teaching our kids. She taught me. She taught a lot of y'all and your children and grandchildren. So we so honor Debbie. Debbie is like, like I sit and prepare lessons and it takes me all day. And Debbie like sees a crumb on the floor and she's like, oh, that reminds me of this story and how we can 
Like she's got such a gift and I'm so grateful for it. And hopefully you're still having fun. Uh, yeah, you gotta come up here. This is just to confirm how people know how I think. I think it was the last class or two Brianna was in, and there was a dead bug on the floor. So she said, I didn't know whether to pick it up or not, because I thought maybe you were using it for an object lesson. <laughs> That's how they know me. Yeah. Yes, we can give her another round of applause. She's awesome. She has an incredible gift. Yes, so thank you, Debbie. Uh, Shimon Lewin over here. Yeah, so Shimon is leader over our nursery administration, but she's been teaching our babies for a lot of years. Uh, she didn't teach me. We're the same age, but she, she did teach some of y'all. So, and uh, she, she's so, so good and loving and caring for our babies, for the smallest ones, because um, they're important too. And so we're grateful for them. And so, um, yeah, so again, I, I'm the product of this nursery, um, and it is a gift. It's a gift to come and know that um, the things of God are being poured into your life from the time you're just itty-bitty back there in that nursery. So we so value you guys and all of our children's ministry team. You guys are amazing. Um, all right, the next group of leaders is our hospitality team. So these are our ushers and greeters. Um, we are, how many of you love when you come in, you know you're not going to get, like, screamed at, right? We have awesome greeters and ushers. So, um, so I want to acknowledge Tracy Tressler is uh, the head of our ushers and greeters department. Yeah, Tracy does such an awesome job at, like, moving people in like a graceful way and making sure everybody's got a place and uh, is seen and heard and has what they need. Uh, we're so grateful. I don't know how many years you've been on leadership, but many. <laughs> she was just a young girl. She's only 27, so. All right. Um, I also want to... Um, Oh, there you are. Okay, so Laura Putney, she's taking on the greeter leadership this year, so with Tracy, so yes. <laughs> Laura is like the queen of encouragement. Like, if you've ever gotten a card from Laura, you feel so loved and so special, and so we're so grateful that she's coming on as our greeter, uh, greeter leader. Um, this next year. So um, if any of you want to serve in that capacity as greeters, look at that face. Why wouldn't you want to serve with that face? So um, Laura is coming on as leadership in that department. Larry, look at the guy standing right there in his post. Larry is the head of our safety department. And at this moment, that department consists of Larry. So that is a team we are building in 2022, and so I know, I know that I'm well protected in this room, and that's all I will say, but if safety is important to you, then um, we, you want to see me or Larry, because we want to pull you guys into a team. I'm looking at you, Raymond. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no pressure. But, um, but we're going to build that team, and Larry's going to be leading the, the safety part I know we have to say safety, not security, for legal purposes, so I'm practicing. Safety team. Um, so Larry's going to be our lead. Larry, if you don't know, Larry is the one who installed our security system. He's the one who did all the research on it. Um, he's the man. Like, he's awesome. And our safety is his priority. And so, <laughs> drum roll! <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yeah, we won't. Okay. But so, Larry, we're very, very grateful for you and all that you do for us. It's um, not unnoticed. So thank you. Um, all right. Loretta has been leading our prayer and intercession team for my whole life, probably. <laughs> Could you stand again? Could you stand again? Here we go. If you're here, you've probably been prayed for by Loretta. 
And so we are abundantly grateful. Um, you know, Larry keeps us safe in the physical, and Loretta keeps us safe in the spiritual. And so just know that you're covered in prayer if you're a part of this house. Um, you are covered in prayer, and we're very, very grateful for all the years that Loretta has um, been praying for this house, um, for individuals in and out of this house. And um, just know that I was just reading in Revelation, it says about the prayer bowls uh, and how they're just being filled with the prayers of the saints. And I just thought, how full is Loretta's bowl? I mean, you're just, you're just piling in prayers and it's just, it is effective. It is important. Um, and it is, um, we just, we're so thankful for it. So thank you so very much for all of those prayers. Thank the Lord, but thank you. Yeah. Um, and our worship department, how many of you love our worship? We are phenomenally blessed in this house with worship. Pastor Joel, could you stand back there? Pastor Joel. Heads our worship department. And let me tell you, we're an awesome team. The pastoral team, we're awesome. I'll toot my own horn. It's fine. But every one of you is grateful that he is the one that runs the worship. Because he is gifted at um, at a lot of things, but in gathering us together and um, creating an atmosphere of worship. Um, and Larry and Rebecca, could you pop your head up? <laughs> and they're also in the worship leadership um, serving. Yeah, so we're just so grateful. One thing that is very important about worshipers, about worship team leaders, is not just that they're good at what they do, and we're very grateful that they're good at what they do. Josh, you're good at what you do. And so we're so grateful for that because it's pleasant to the ears. Um, But I know that these are also people who are worshipers outside of the house because if you just show up cold, you're going to get, you know, a concert. But you're not necessarily going to get an atmosphere of worship where the Lord loves to dwell. And that's what we have here, and I'm so grateful for it. So all of our worship team, uh, we're so very grateful for all of you. Um, You guys kind of see them because they stand front and center, so you might recognize their faces. Um, But we're just very grateful for them. Okay. Um, working our way through. Um, Brianna is not feeling well. Hopefully you guys know Brianna is our community liaison, so she is in that um, position on staff. She's working directly with the people in our community um, and with us at Giving Light to know what's going on in our community. If you have a need, she's the one to see. If you want to serve, ring the bells. Um, You can see her, and she'll help get you signed up for however we want to serve our community because part of the local assembly is also caring for our local community. And so it's not just about in the walls, it's also about outside the walls. So we're very grateful for Brianna. Yeah, if you're watching, we're applauding you. All right, Laura Putney is our bookkeeper. She's on staff as our bookkeeper for a lot of years. The details that like make my brain steam and like I just don't enjoy them at all. Laura is such a grace for them. Like last we were having a conversation and my brain is like, can we be done? Like I'm I don't understand. I'm not smart enough for this. But but Laura has just such a grace. And how many of you know it's important the person handles your money has a heart of excellence and she is like such a heart of excellence. It's so amazing. So yeah, we we honor you and thank you for that. And lastly, our uh, pastoral team. So You guys could stand. Pastor Joel. (laughs) And me. Um, So just like I said, some of us are new. If you were not aware, the senior founding members of Giving Light are Apostle Steve and Dr. Melody Hilton. (laughs) I'm not saying that. All right. So over 38 years ago, the Lord spoke to them. They lived in Missouri. At the time, 40 years ago, the Lord spoke to them in Missouri and said, and they had two babies, the Lord said um, to them separately, pack up your stuff, put it in storage, pack up your kids, head south, and you'll end up in the northeast. How's that for a specific? Head south, and you'll end up in the northeast. And they were obedient. Say, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Say, thank you, Hiltons. So they were obedient, and we're all here today because of that yes to the Lord. Um, And Pastor Joel came on in ministry around infancy, um, but came officially in official ministry capacity. You were 18, right? 20. 
20, okay, it's been 21 years, but he's still also very young. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he's been serving that long. I'm so grateful. He's my brother. I, was, I said this before. I was not gifted with a brother biologically, but he is my brother. He knows how to irritate me like a brother. He knows how to support me like a brother, and so I'm very grateful for him, and not just for me personally, but what he does for us as a house and as a team. Yes, go ahead. You can applaud him. Yeah, and so lastly, I've been on staff for nine years. Uh, you guys are the dream I didn't know I had. You're the joy of my life, good, bad, and ugly. We're in this together, and I'm so very grateful um, that the Lord popped me here. Um, so thank you, guys. <laughs> I love you, too. Okay, so um, that is our leadership team. Now, now, that's our leadership team, and it's important that we recognize them. But as my message said, you guys are the benefit. We're all the benefit for one another. And so as we're partying today, as we get into the food and fellowship, look around this room. And if you recognize something awesome in one of these people, um, we're going to have a time a little later on where you guys can just kind of share something amazing that you see in one another. Again, I know a lot of these faces, I'm still learning who you guys are and what you're awesome at. Um, so we also open it up. I might just ask you, what are you good at? Like, we've done this before, but like, tell me what you're good at. Let's get to know each other. Let's um, learn about each other. Please don't run for the doors, because I'm saying this. We're all apart. We all need each other. And if you're a part of a different local church, we're excited that you're part of another local church. And so um, we're just happy that you're here today to celebrate with us. Um, okay. Okay. Now, kids, if you're under 18, could you guys come forward? Don't bum rush me. Just walk gently forward. If you are under 18, or 18 or under. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Okay. All right, good. You can face the people. There you go. Awesome. Now, did you guys know, or you can look at me too, it's fine. Did you guys know that you're part of God's dream? Did you know that? You are. Did you know, you ever hear the names Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Those names, that's grandpa, dad, and son. So it's a family. And so it's always been important that families serve God together. He's always been a God of generations. That means grandparents, parents, kids, grandkids. It keeps going. It's important to him. He loves it. And so you guys are that generation of that, you're that Jacob generation, those younger ones. And you guys are so important. We're so glad that you're here. You're part of God's dream. He likes it this way. So we want to bless you guys because you're an important part of this too. So if we could have Debbie uh, and Pastor Steve and Melody, could you guys come on up? We want to give you guys a special blessing. We're going to pray over you today because you're an important part of this. Yeah. Debbie, would you lead in prayer, just praying over them, blessing them? Thank you. Father, I just thank you that you have put us in a family. And God, sometimes we felt like we don't really fit, but God, you knew who fits where. And so, Father, even for those standing before us now that have family members that they're believing God for to fit into a family. God, we agree with their prayers. We agree with the desire of your heart that they are your desire to see them brought to completion and fulfillment. So, Father, I bless each and every one. I bless their dreams, their aspirations, the things that you've called them to succeed, and we just decree success, 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 that they are the leaders. And even when they say, that's not me, you said, yes, it is. And so, God, we won't argue with you about the places that you've called us to be and what you've chosen us to do. Father, I bless them. I thank you for them. I thank you, God, each and every day that we're together with these children and these young people, that they are our teachers as well. God, that you've helped us be better because they teach us well what it means to really love deeply. And so, Father, we thank you for them in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now for each and every one of these children, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that you've called them, you've anointed them, you have a purpose for their lives, 
And we thank you, Lord God, that uh, they have the spirit of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Father God, we thank you that they set their hearts towards you. Lord God, that uh, they will look to you, Lord, as their savior, their healer, their redeemer. Lord, we thank you that they are uh, that they are led by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, that uh, Lord God, that you said you would never leave them nor forsake them, that they may boldly say that you are their helper, and Lord, they will not fear, Lord God, what anything that may come. And so we thank you for boldness. We thank you for security in their hearts and minds, and we thank you, Lord, for the power of the Lord being released to them and through them in Jesus' name. And Lord, just as we have for years, we declare and decree that our children are for signs, wonders, and miracles. Our children are a part of an apostolic, prophetic generation that has the ability to impact the world for good, that our children will be known among the nations and our offspring among the people, that they are blessed and highly favored, that they are marked by the Holy Spirit. And even today, we confirm that right now, by your Spirit, it's like you're just putting your hand upon their forehead and you are marking them and declaring these are my sons and daughters they will arise they will fulfill destiny and they will accomplish the plans and purposes of God for their life in Jesus name amen amen thank you guys you guys can sit down <laughs> Thank you. Say you're awesome. You're awesome. Amen. All right, I just have one more, um, one more person or persons to recognize before we get into our party. Um, but I would like to recognize um, a couple in this house who I just, I'm so proud of and so blessed by um, the people in this room. They have gone above and beyond um, this couple to do what we don't even see, what you guys don't even know, um, and that is Scott and Donna. I'd like you guys to stand. I just want to publicly recognize them. Donna's like, what? Um, but as you guys know, um, Pastor Steve and Melody were really struggling with COVID over the summer, and people don't even know to what extent Scott and Donna stepped in, um, just above and beyond, um, to do the smallest thing to the, the hugest thing. Um, and beyond that, um, Donna taught me when I was in children's church. I remember when Scott came along. I remember the night they got engaged on this stage. Um, yeah, and so just above and beyond. These are above and beyond people. I've also just seen your hearts through thick and thin. You guys have been through a lot, um, and you know I've seen a lot of it, and there's a lot I haven't seen. Um, but there's so much richness in this couple, and I just I remember a, um, a couple weeks after we were in the clear, um, but they were just sitting here talking with Pastor Joel and just speaking the testimonies of God, just how God has come through for them over and over and over over again. I don't want to embarrass you, but I'm just so very blessed um, by your lives, by your faithfulness. And if you guys need encouragement, if you're walking through something hard, these guys have walked through hard things. And of course, you're not perfect because no one is perfect, but there is such depth and such richness um, in the well that is Scott and Donna. So I'm just publicly acknowledging them before all of you uh, that this is a trusted, quality, faithful, rich in the things of God and rich in um, resource and benefit and testimony um, of the things of God. And so can we just give them a, a round of applause? Actually, I remember years ago, my family was in a car accident, and it was, it was bad, um, and everybody was just bombarding me with wanting to know updates, which is, you know, good. Everybody wants to know how everybody was doing, and I just remember being so exhausted. You know, I was in the hospital all night, and just everybody wanting information, and I just remember Donna was the one person I actually looked forward to her call because you just brought such comfort and such peace and just such grace and such empathy uh, in that situation. 
situation for me. And that's just one of many, many situations. And so you just, you both of you, you have such a gift. Scott has fixed my cars more times than I can count. Um, He's picked me up on the side of the road. He has done like, it's amazing. Um, And so again, just want to honor you guys. I want to give you guys a special gift. (laughs) Yeah. All right, and we just want to pray for them as a house real quick. Could you just reach your hands towards them? Father, we pray for this amazing man and woman of God. God, and I thank you, God, that every seed that they have sown, God, we call upon the principles of heaven, and we say harvest. It's harvest time. God, we thank you, Father, that for every um, prayer they have prayed, for every tear that they have cried, for every phone call they've made, every favor they've done, every single seed that they have sown into the kingdom, God, we thank you that it is going to reap an abundant harvest. And God, even as we had those the kids come up and we said that the children are important, Father God, we just ask, God, that we know that you've already heard the cries of their heart. And Father, we just prophetically declare over their family that they are a household. They are a family that serves the Lord. And we say that they are welcomed, that the family is welcomed in the kingdom of God. We claim them for the kingdom. And God, we just thank you, Father, that that now is the season of return. Now is the season of harvest. And Father, we thank you that even as they have declared the goodness of God in, in many, many, many circumstances, that the goodness of God will be known as a cloud among them, above them. Father, that the the goodness of God would be their story, would be their testimony, would be their song. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Yeah, you can clap. Okay. All right. You guys are doing awesome. You're so good. We've made it to noon. Guess what time noon is? Lunchtime. All right. Okay, so now at this time, I'm going to ask you guys to hang out for about 10, 15 minutes so I can go make sure all the crockpots are situated and that we're ready for lunch. So please, kids, everybody, don't bum, don't rush into that room just yet. We want to make sure it's ready for you. Um, and then we'll come back together and we'll pray. So if you could kind of stay in this room, go to the bathroom if you need to go to the bathroom, but kind of stay in this room and mingle for just the next like 10, 15 minutes. All right.